Joshua chapter 5, verse number 13. If you are able and willing, I would invite you to stand for the reading and reverence of God's Word. I want to read verse 13, 14, and 15, and you're hearing. In Joshua chapter 5, verse number 13, the Bible said, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him, with his sword drawn in his hand, and Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as, the, as captain of the Lord's host, captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious Heavenly Father, I love you so much, Lord. Thank you for the privilege, the opportunity to be back in your house once again. And God, thank you for the good day that you've given. God, thank you for the fellowship enjoyed, uh, the worship, God, the singing. Lord, I thank you for it all. Thank you for helping preach thus far today. I pray, God, you'd help me now, God, as we're reading your word. Help me to expound upon the word of God. And I pray, Lord, that it would encourage somebody, Lord, help somebody along the way. And I pray, Lord, that you would meet with us for a little while. We love you and we do thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, quickly tonight, let me say by way of introduction, most everybody here knows this, but I'm just going to mention it again quickly for time's sake. Maybe they're uh, one not familiar with the study tonight. We're doing a study on biblical theophanies. And a theophany is, uh, is an appearance of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, appearance of God uh, uh, to people in the Bible. There were several occasions where we looked at uh, these theophanies or Christophanies. It's where God bodily appeared uh, to somebody. And we recognize these theophanies or Christophanies as uh, appearances of the pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ. And just remember, it's got to be uh, got to be bodily. Uh, we could look at the, the Lord appearing as a cloud uh, or appearing as a, a, as a, f- a pillar of f- fire by night. We could look at him appearing in the burning bush to Moses. But I, those are different instances in the Bible. They are appearances, but they're not bodily appearances. And uh, these, I said again, these appearances, I believe they're none other than uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, pre-incarnate form, the Son of God. And, uh, but I say this again quickly and we move on. Uh, don't come back to tell me Wednesday or next Sunday that the, the Lord appeared unto you and you, you experienced the theophany. No, these are things of the past. These are things that are no more. And you say, why, Brother Jacob? Because number one, Jesus has since come. Jesus has come. He lived the perfect sinless life and He died on an old rugged cross for the sin of mankind. And He arose the third day defeating death, hell, and the grave and making new life possible through Him. Uh, Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad a new life in Him? Uh, Now we have the Holy Spirit that indwells the believer. I don't need Jesus to physically appear in my life because the Holy Spirit, who is God, the same as Jesus Christ is and the same as the Father. Somebody say amen. Uh, uh, The Holy Spirit ministers to me and the Word of God guides me. And so I don't need Jesus to appear bodily because I have uh, the Holy Ghost on the inside, have the Word of God. I I want to take time to say this just as a uh, uh, periodic reminder 
here for the church. We believe in, in three persons of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And these three are one according to uh, 1 John chapter number 5. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. We believe the Godhead is co-eternal. God the Father has been forever. God the Son has been forever. God the Holy Ghost has been forever. Somebody say amen. We believe they're co-eternal. We believe they're co-existence. They exist with one another. Uh, God didn't cease to exist when Jesus came. Jesus didn't cease to come when the Holy Ghost ascended. Uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, they all three are existent one with another. And the last thing, they are co-eternal. It's not God the Father here and God the Son here and God the Holy Spirit here. They are co-equal one with another. Somebody say amen right there. I'll, I'll preach on the Godhead tonight. Amen. Uh, praise God. Needed to be said. Uh, but so we now we, Jesus has come, he's, he's died, he's rose again, he's ascended. We have the Holy Ghost living inside believers. We have the Word of God. But though Jesus does not appear bodily in the, the form of these Christophanies, nah, the form of these Theophanies, he is going to appear one of these days. Somebody say, man, he's going, the next bodily appearance we're looking for, Jesus will be on a cloud when he calls the church. Amen. And then we're going to be with him. The next time the world sees him, he's going to come back on a white horse. Somebody say amen right there. And we're going to be with him. Amen. And he's going to win. And then we'll get to enjoy eternal bliss at the end of this thing. Somebody say amen right there. Thank God. But bodily, we can still learn from these examples, these accounts. And the Lord can still show up in our lives, just not bodily. Not Bodily. We we started looking in the Garden of Eden when God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. We saw where God has uh, appeared three times unto Abraham. We saw where God appeared to Isaac twice. We saw where God uh, found Hagar by a well there in Genesis 16. Uh, we saw the two instances where he, he uh, met Jacob and uh, appeared to Jacob. Uh, we saw where he appeared to Moses and the elders of Israel in uh, uh, Exodus chapter number 24. We saw most recently where he appeared to Balaam, uh, who the Bible would later call the soothsayer. He traded in his prophet's robe uh, for his for uh, a soothsayer role. You know what I'm saying? Tonight we're going to be looking in the book of Joshua, uh, chapter number five, as we read moments ago, where the Lord appeared unto. Joshua, assuming everybody is familiar with the Bible, uh, and, and just everybody can do with just a quick reminder, Joshua was the man of God. Joshua was the heir uh, to Moses' title. Moses was the man of God for the nation of Israel, and the time came that Moses died, and Joshua would come onto the scene, Brother Thomas, and he would, or he would be the successor of Moses, and he would lead the people, uh, can I say, uh, Moses helped get uh, the children of Israel out of Egypt. Uh, Joshua helped the children of Israel get into Canaan land. So two men, two ministries, both important in the Word of God. And here we find, uh, on the cusp of one of the greatest victories that the Bible records, Jericho, we find that the captain of the host of the Lord would appear to Joshua. And Joshua 5 13 and 15, we're looking at when the Lord appeared unto Joshua. When the Lord appeared unto Joshua, changes had taken place. Look with me at, if, if we'll, at verse 12. We didn't read this, but I want to point it out here quickly. When the Lord appeared unto Joshua, changes had taken place. Look at verse 12. And the manna ceased on the morrow. After they had eaten of the old corn of the land, neither had the children of Israel manna any more. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. 
You say, what's the big deal, Brother Jacob? I don't know what the big deal is, but if God had given me honey wafers down from heaven every day for 40 years, yes, sir. Come on. Brother George, that suddenly stopping would be a big deal. Y'all with me? Y'all ever gone outside and there been Cheddar Bay biscuits laying on the yard? I ain't ever had that. But for 40 years, God fed the children of Israel in the wilderness by way of manna. And changes had taken place. What do you mean, Brother Jacob? This was a transition of sorts. They were going, uh, Miss Ginger, they were leaving the manna phase, and now they were going to a fruit stage. They were uh, shifting from uh, God supernaturally providing for them and for shifting to them having to uh, put, uh, uh, to break the ground, put seed in the ground to harvest the water. Y'all... It went from the God providing it all to them having to get involved. Y'all, y'all see what I'm saying? They'd eaten manna for 40 years. Now on the cusp of Canaan, the manna ceased. Something familiar, something faithful was now no more. Look what they said in verse 12. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more. You said, Brother Jacob, what are you saying? When the Lord appears sometimes... God, it's all number one. It's always perfect timing, but sometimes the Lord appears or shows up or stops by or makes a visit or just uh, really works in your life. Right when Brother Bill, some change has taken place, some transition is going on in your life. You say, "Why is that, Brother Jacob?" I don't know, but I'm just thankful that He does it. Amen. And those times when we are struggling with the departure of something familiar, the departure of something faithful, I'm glad that God will show up. It was the scene. You said, "Brother Jacob," but what, what do you mean, Brother Jacob? What do you mean? Something was changing, something was leaving, something would be no more. I mean, manna would be gone. What, imagine if you had a kid who was picking who loved manna. Oh, I'm sorry, there is no more chicken nuggets. Somebody say amen right there. And uh, it was no more. You say, Brother Jacob, what do you say? That, that would build the scene of something changing, something that was familiar, something that was faithful. There's no more now. This was a scene to bring in or introduce the one who never changes. The one who is not going anywhere. Something is now gone. And here comes the one who is not going anywhere. Something's changing. Now here comes the one who never changes. And I'm thankful that God is a God who does that, Brother Ed, in the midst of change. I don't know about y'all. I don't like change. I I, I recently had to break down how to buy a new laptop. You say, why? Because the laptop I was using was like 12 years old. And I didn't know laptops had a five-year lifespan. I, I did not know that, all right? And I finally broke down and got one, thank the Lord, and uh, uh, for that, had a little help along the way uh, in purchasing, so thank you. Uh, thank the Lord for His people. Somebody say amen there. But I don't like change, and I mean, it's beautiful, it's bigger, it's nicer than the, what I had, And, and but uh, you know, I, brother, I don't like that the end button and the delete button are not in the same spot they used to be. Uh, my other Peter, the, the, the mouse pad was center. Uh, on the new one, it's kind of off-center. And you say, well, that's just the style now. Yeah, but I don't like change. I, I've learned to love my computer. I love it. It's beautiful, and it's just what I want. And I'm ten times better than other one, but I don't like change. But more so than getting a new computer or, or a new paint color or a new hairdo or, or a new school clothes, I'm talking about when we go through change in life. Sometimes it's unpleasant. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. But, Miss Kathy, when things around us are changing, I'm glad God will show up and say, hey, I I never change. You ever lost something? Someone died or a season ended or something you enjoy ceased to be? Aren't you glad God shows up and says, that's over, but I'm glad I'm not over and I'm not going anywhere. Amen. The one who never changes showed up. The one who wasn't going anywhere showed up. When the Lord appeared unto Joshua, let's look at verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by 
Jericho. When the Lord appeared unto Joshua, victory was on the horizon. Victory was on the horizon. The manna was gone, but so soon so would Jericho. Let me say that again. The manna was gone, but soon so would Jericho. Now I don't I don't know if you if if you if you're picking up what I'm putting down, but Jericho was a large uh I don't know if you'd call it a metropolis or maybe it was giant. It was not every city they conquered had great walls like the city of Jericho did. I mean, Mr. Andrew, this is a big deal. This is a big place to be. I'm talking about uh, when 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 uh, God told them the instruction for Jericho. I mean, they were they were serious. They were uh, precise. And I'm talking about. I mean, the children of Israel. They didn't argue with them. They knew it was a big opponent, and they listened to everything to a T. Flip it. That was with Jericho. They were like, man, we got to be serious. We need to send everybody we got. We need to do everything God said. But with Ai, they said Ai was small. And they're like, hey, uh, let's just send 3,000 men down there, and we will wipe them off the map. Jericho was right the opposite, Brother George. It was, it was revered. It was something to recognize. Hey, this is a big deal. This is a big challenge. This is a big opponent. And you said, Brother Jake, what do you mean? When the Lord appeared victory? Was, I mean, Jericho was about to go away when God showed up. Yeah, he shows up when change is taking place, but... God shows up right on the cusp of something big. I don't know how to say it any other way. And you say, what do you mean? God shows up right to give you that, can I say, give you the boost for the big battle, for the big season, for the, uh, the big ticket, or, or I don't know, Lord, uh, help me with the words, but right, some, big season's about to take place. A big event's about to take place, and God says, hey, Joshua, I'm with you. I'm going to help you. Aren't you glad when you got a big something coming up in your life, Brother George, God will step by and say, hey, I'm with you. I'm helping you. I'll see you through it. Aren't you glad for the encouragement of the Lord? We sang it this afternoon at Manor Lake. We sang, oh, victory in Jesus. Why don't we sing victory in Jesus? Because every victory we'll ever experience comes from Him. And the victory that they experienced at Jericho uh, was stemmed from the encouragement God gave him here uh, with the captain of the Lord's host. Victory was on the horizon. Jericho would be one of the most remarkable chapters in Israel's campaign of conquest. And it's just like God to stop by when something big is on the horizon in our lives. Sometimes the big is a positive. Sometimes the big is a negative. But God is faithful to be there with us regardless of the circumstances. I think... I've, I've experienced both, and if you'll be honest with yourself, you've experienced both. Sometimes God will stop by to encourage you right before something big and good is going to happen. Sometimes God appears to show up and encourage you right before something big and bad. It happens. That's just God being God and knowing His children and knowing everything and being there and helping us, us accordingly. And uh, kind of similar to the uh, something po- negative coming up, God showed up. Then it's kind of like what we think about when Genesis chapter thirty-five, the Lord appeared unto Jacob right before Rachel died. You say that was a coincidence. That wasn't odd. That was God. Amen. And He was just lining things up perfectly. When the Lord appeared unto Joshua, the Lord was visible. Look at with me, if you will. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. When the Lord appeared unto Joshua, he was visible. And no, I'm not just talking about uh, what constitutes this account as a theophany. We know that these are bodily appearances, but um, what's the application? God did not try to hide himself from Joshua. 
Joshua looked up and he immediately recognized that there was somebody there. Uh, God doesn't, wasn't trying to sneak up on Joshua, if you will. The, I guess the outlier of, of this truth would be uh, when the Lord uh, uh, wrestled with Jacob in Genesis chapter number 32. But this is a very different scene. This is very in the norm scene when God appears. Brother Thomas, you can uh, effortlessly recognize that there is somebody there and it quickly learned that this was the Lord. Uh, the Lord is not hiding from Joshua. And thank God he doesn't hide from us either. I'm going to say it this way. When we need to see Him, He makes it to where we can see Him. When we need to visit from the Lord, He makes it to where, uh, he makes it to where we easily recognize when He stops by. And you say, what do you mean? It's not always in a church. It's not always reading your Bible. But sometimes God, Brother Ed, you just need something. And you just, you, you're just asking God to work in your life, work in your favor. And then something will just line up perfectly in your life. And you just have to step back and smile because you know it was Him. You knew it wasn't the world. You knew it wasn't coincidence. Brother George, you just had to stop. You had to pause for a minute because you knew the great God of all heaven earth. When you stood in need, He made a way. Yes. The Lord was visible. Now, the Lord's not visible. He ain't going to... Brother Jacob, the Lord stood over my bed last night. That was probably an intruder and you should have shot. Somebody say amen. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is when the Lord shows up, you'll know. You'll know it's Him. Amen. He'll show up. He will be evident, if you will. He will make Himself known. And it's right on time. When the Lord appeared unto Joshua, next thing we see is the Lord was equipped. Look what the Bible said. Verse 13. That he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. With a sword drawn in his hand. The Lord appeared with a sword in his hand. But Jake, why did the Lord have, appear with a sword in his hand? I don't know. He meant business. He meant business. Why did he have a sword? I, don't know. I do not exactly know, but I do know that he was about to help Joshua. You said, how would we make application, Brother Jacob? Uh, Usually when you think of sword, you would think judgment. But God wasn't there to judge Joshua. He was there to help Joshua. He was there to encourage Joshua. He was there to instruct Joshua. And I says, I don't care what the Lord's got in his hand when he shows up. If he's there to help me, I'm thankful that he's here, there to help me. Say it again. It don't matter what, what the circumstances are. It doesn't matter what fashion he appears. It doesn't matter if he, if, he runs, if he runs in with a baseball bat. I don't care if the Lord shows up. Whatever's in his hand, I don't care if he's there for my gain and for my benefit. I will be thankful. Amen. When the Lord shows up, he means business. When the Lord showed up, it was not fun and games. I think maybe a good reason why to say the Lord had a sword in his hand because they were about to discuss conquest. They were about to discuss Jericho. They were about uh, to discuss the destruction of their enemies. And can I say, whatever, whatever the circumstance is, whatever the Lord, can we say it this way, whatever the Lord needs to have in his hand when he appears, that's exactly what we'll have in his hand when he appears. If you need help cooking, God's going to show up with a spatula. Somebody say amen for that. God, he's, God always, for his children, he rises to the occasion Whatever needs to be in his hand will be in his hand. That wasn't in the notes, but it needed to be said. Somebody say amen for that. When the Lord showed up, it was not fun and games. When the Lord shows up in, in our lives, it's, it's for our good. It's for our benefit. It shows up, when he shows up, it is necessary for our lives. We need God to show up. We need God to minister. We need God to visit. And I'm glad, can I say this, Lord... To whatever the situation, whatever needs to be in his hands, that's what will be in his hands because he's God 
and he doesn't take him by surprise. He's a, hang on, let me go back to the house and get my sword. Let me go back to the house and get my spatula. God knows what he needs to have in his hand when he, when he appears to us because he's God. He's God. He knows exactly what we're going through. He knows exactly what we need. And every time he's got something in his hand, no, it means business. And you said, Brother Jacob, what can we take away from that? I'm glad God takes my life seriously. Some people look at look at our lives or our situation, or I mean, you, sometimes you go see a medical doctor and they kind of turn you away, and they, 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 you think something serious, and they don't think something serious. But I'm tell you, I'm glad God takes my life serious and is invested in, and concerned about, and cares with my life. Verse 14. When the Lord appeared unto Joshua, authority was displayed. Look at verse 14. And he said, Nay, but as the captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? Joshua just asked this man, whom he did not know yet to be the Lord, uh, if he was for Israel or for their adversaries. Pretty much, are you for the Jews or are you for Jericho? Are you for Israel or are you for the heathen? And the Lord does not respond. And you say, Brother Jake, it don't say the Lord. It says captain of the host of the Lord. Captain means head. Captain means leader. Captain means the boss, if you will. Gabriel's not my boss. Michael's not my boss, but God's my boss. Somebody say amen right there. Amen. Y'all right? I I quit letting angels be my boss when I quit serving the devil's teams. (laughs) The devil was a fallen angel. Y'all nod your head. I'm telling the truth. Amen. Um, Some people pray to angels. They're stuck on angels. I'm not stuck on angels. I'm stuck on God. Amen. That's... Didn't cost anybody anything. Sometimes them rabbits jump up, and you got to shoot them when they do. Authority was displayed. Are you for Israel? Are you for the adversary? The Lord responded by telling Joshua who he was. The Lord told Joshua that he was not on his team or any other team for that matter. Are you for Israel or for you for our enemies? God said, I'm not for either team. I'm not for Israel, and I'm not for the adversary. Joshua probably frightened. Whose team are you for? Joshua, I'm not on your team. Joshua... You're on my team. I'm going to say that again. Lord, are you on my team? Quit asking that question, brother. It ain't about him being on our team. It's about us being on his team. That's pretty good. I say amen for that. Uh, it, it, wasn't about, uh, it wasn't about God being on Joshua's team. It was about Joshua being on God's team. We should not occupy ourselves with who is on our team or not. We should focus rather on whose team we are on. And you say, Brother Jacob, I want God to be on my team. If you get on his team, he'll be on your team. Amen. They didn't go for me. They didn't love me. They didn't this. They didn't that. Who cares what they do? Just be thankful that he is. He is what? That's just He is. Because He is the I Am. And He's exactly what we need. Hallelujah. God wasn't on Joshua's team. Joshua was on God's team. Amen. Amen. Joshua was on God's team. And Joshua was wondering, you on team Joshua? And God simply said, you're on team Jehovah, boy. Amen. And uh, I... I don't want to be, I'm not concerned about Team Jacob. I'm about, concerned about Team Jesus. Amen. And I thank God that I'm on that team. I'm on, we sang it this morning. I'm on the winning side. Amen. Uh, my side may lose, but his side never will. He said, that's not true, Brother Jacob. You read about it. They went down to Ai, didn't know they were sinning the camp, and some of them lost. There was 20-plus men died. Because they were operating on Joshua's team. They had to get reminded that they weren't worried about Joshua's team. They were worried about Jehovah's team. Somebody say amen for that. Yes, 
When the Lord appeared unto Joshua, not only was authority displayed, but when the Lord appeared unto Joshua, Joshua fell on his face. Look at verse 14, the halfway point. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. Let me tell you what you say. It just said, Captain of the host of the Lord, Brother Jacob. If it was just angel, why did he worship? I ain't worshiping no angel. I know some people do. Yes, sir. But I'm not worshiping no angel. I worship the one who made the angel. Amen. I worship the one who is in control of the angels. Amen. I'm, I worship the one who, when an angel acted up, got kicked out of heaven. That's the one I worship. I don't worship angels. I know you say, what's reverence and everything like that? I, I just I have a hard time bowing down to Michael or Gabriel. Uh, they didn't die for, die, die for my sins. Amen. That's right. Amen. But that's a different story for a different day. Uh, Joshua fell on his face. Why? To worship the Lord of glory. Can I say this? This is going to sound weird. This is not going to sound right to yours. It ain't going to taste right. But I got to say it anyway. You know what's good for everybody to experience in their life? To fall on their face. Yes, sir. In this instance, he was just falling on his face to worship the Lord. But can I tell you, it's good for all of us to fall on our face. I'm not talking about falling and hurting yourself, but I'm talking about uh, in in a worship scenario or uh, in a humbling scenario. When you walk up tall and puffed up and mighty, it's good for you to fall. It's good for you to get knocked down a couple of notches. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and then He'll exalt you in due season. But it was good here for Joshua to fall down and uh, to worship the Lord. And I say this, and I, I'm just giving this as an example. So it's, it's good for us to get caught up sometimes on how good He is and how bad we are. Amen. And sometimes it's good for us to get caught up on how good He is and how good we aren't. Yes. I'm not that bad. I, if, you, if you think about it, how good He is... Brother Jim, if we magnify him, if we increase, if he increases and we decrease, and we see how great he is, we see how not great we are. And you say, oh, am I supposed to walk around defeated and disgruntled? No, that made me walk around thankful yes. for the privilege to be a child of the Most High God. And he's good Amen. even when I'm not. Yes. He's loving even when I'm not. He's wonderful even when I'm not. Christianity built on your good is built on he's good. Amen. He's good. Joshua fell on his face. He worshiped the Lord. And let me say this. The Lord was there and Joshua fell on his face to worship him. When God stops by your life, not bodily, not some big form and not a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire or a burning bush. Y'all quit looking for that stuff. You don't need it. You got the Bible and you got the Holy Spirit. You don't need that. I just need a sign. You don't need a sign. You got the Bible. You got the Holy Spirit of God. That's why Jesus... Amen. That's what Jesus told the Pharisees. There will be no sign given this generation. We don't need a sign. And sometimes the Lord will he'll, 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 he'll add something special on there to really drive it home to us, but He don't have to do that. Right. we got the Word of God. But when the Lord stops by and He helps us out, when He ministers to our... Even if it's a Balaam situation and God says, Hey, you better open your eyes, dummy. That's what He did with Balaam. Open your eyes, fool. Aren't you got, I don't know about y'all. I'm glad the Lord shows up. Would you rather the Lord pull you over before you wrecked, or would you would you rather Him show up after you run into a tree? Would you rather the Lord pull you over before the wreck, or show up after the wreck? I'd rather the Lord show up before the wreck. And uh, when the Lord shows up, we ought to make it customary, without a doubt. Stop what we're doing. 
Maybe you can't pull over on the side of the road. Maybe you can't lay down at your workplace on the ground and thank the Lord, but you better take time, commit in your heart to say, Lord, I know that was you, and I'm thankful. Amen. Give it. I'm talking about make it a practice. You say, well, people, if I worship so much, it will diminish the effect. Uh-huh. It don't work that way in worship. Uh-huh. It does not worship. It does not work that way in, in regards to worship. I remember there was this boy I met years ago. And I'm telling you, he would just worship at the drop of the hat. And I'm talking about, he'd stand up on the pews, he'd wave his hand. And he was a young kid, too. I mean, he was just on fire. I'm talking about every song, and uh, I'm telling every, every, I mean, it's everything about, if you can say anything about God, and you can be like, God is holy. And he was like, woo! I mean, he just was on fire. For the, I mean, he's just fired up about the Lord. Y'all are awake now. Amen. I'll do that more often. Amen. But he was just fired up for God. I'm not saying you've got to stand up on the pews and wave your hands and run the aisles. But when God works in your life, take the time. Amen. Yes. Whether it's just the hand raise in the car, maybe it's to look towards the sky and thank Him, but take the time to thank Him. Let us yes. not forget the preciousness of the presence of God. Amen. When the Lord appeared unto Joshua, Joshua asked the right question. Look what it says here in verse 14, the latter part. And said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? Joshua asked the right question. What saith my Lord unto his servant? He's saying, Lord, what are you here to say? When the Lord shows up, Brother Bill, well, a lot of times we, 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 we shortchange ourselves because the Lord shows up and we say, Lord, now here's what you got to do. Come on. Here's what I hope you say, Mr. Don. He didn't start. He said, Lord, what are you here to say? When the Lord shows up in life, when the Lord makes His presence known, you don't say, now Lord, this is what I think you should do. Everybody look at me. Everybody look this way. We would all stink at being God. So let us not fool ourselves and think we can tell God how to do His job. I know nothing about brick masonry. I can't tell Brother Bill nothing about it. I'm not an expert. That's Brother Bill's territory. That's Brother Bill's uh, uh, skill set, not mine. Why do you, I can't be God? Why would I tell God what to do? Instead of the Lord showing up and saying, "Now, Lord, this is what you got to do," you say, "Lord, what what do I need to hear? What are you here to say? What do you, God? What do you?" Instead of God, I need you to learn this. You say, God, what do I need to learn? That's, right. That's what Joshua asked. And Joshua asked the right question. He wanted to know what the Lord wanted him to know. And instead of trying, and it's good, it's good we can take our petitions to the Lord, but that's not, that shouldn't be all our prayer time should be. It's Lord, this, 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 this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Amen. Sometimes when you take the time, whether it's in prayer or it's in worship, whether it's in time of reflection and saying, Lord, I know there's a lot I want to say to you, but Lord, what do you want to say to me? Remember, I preached on that a little bit this morning about that reflection. If you ask God to search you, to point out something, He'll show you. Right. If you say, Lord, my ears are your, are, is your platform. My ears are your microphone. What do you want me to know? If you open the, open the floor to God, He'll tell you something. Amen. He'll tell you something. So I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. I promise you, you do. Because I promise you, I love the voice of my wife. I love the voice of my children. I mean, it, just, it blesses my man. I'm getting excited. Jack's talking more and more, and it just fires me every time he says a new word. 
We, we said a word on the way to church morning. We still don't know what he said, but he said something. So we was excited about it. But more important than hearing my wife, one of my three sons' voice, is get to hear the voice of God. No, it's not an audible voice. And I don't, what's his accent sound like? That's goofy. Quit asking questions like that. I don't care what his accent is. I wonder what God looks like. I don't care. I just know that he's God and I'm okay with whatever he looks like, okay? We'll see him one day. We'll see him one day. And it don't really matter when we get there. We just be excited to get there. Yes. I don't care how God talks, what he, what he talks like, what He looks like. I, I don't care. But when He speaks, I want to listen. Amen. Because the most precious voice I've ever heard is not my wife or my children. And I am thankful for those voices. I thank God for them every day. But the most precious voice is the voice of God. Amen. When the Lord appeared unto Joshua, and when God showed up, Joshua listened. Can I tell us tonight when God shows up, listen. Good. We, get, we probably get a lot more done in the realm of Christendom, in the realm of faith, if we would just stop with us doing all the talking, if we'd let Him do the talking. Yes. Amen. When, lastly, and I'm done, when the Lord appeared unto Joshua, a declaration was made. Look at verse 15. And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Declaration was made. What was that declaration? This is holy ground. This is holy ground. Now, there are preachers. I know preachers. I couldn't tell you their names, but I've seen them, seen them before, heard them preach before. There are some preachers who take their shoes off every time they preach. And uh, yes, you've heard them too. I think we've been meeting together before. Yes. Here, preacher, take your shoes off, and I have no, no, no disregard for that. Not no disrespect for that. But it's not. It's about a place of preaching. Miss Peg McCain, she's with the Lord now. She kicked her shoes off regularly. Amen. Yes. Y'all know I'm talking about the God of the Mountain. And there's nothing wrong with singer or preacher take removing their shoes. No, no problem there. Now on a on a platform singing or preaching, that's not the question. But you don't have to be on a platform. You don't have to uh, be behind the pulpit. You don't have to be at the lectern. You don't have to have a microphone in your hand to be on holy ground. Wherever it is that you are visited by God, that's holy ground. Has God spoke to my heart in the deer woods before? Yes, He has. <clears throat> has God spoke to my heart uh, by a pond somewhere fishing? Yes, He has. Has God spoke to my heart at the gym? You better believe it. God has. I'm, this is hard to say, Brother Jim, but there's been time for that elliptical has been holy ground, amen. And there is nothing holy about an elliptical. But hey, when the Lord shows up, the Lord shows up. That's all I can say. But wherever it is, it doesn't matter if you're at home or at work or in the car. It doesn't matter where you are. If God shows up, that's the place. Amen. It's holy ground. Amen. Now, is that elliptical perpetually holy? No. I always use the one on the left side because it's a 30-minute program and the one beside it's a 45-plus program and I want the 30-minute program. And I promise you that thing ain't going to be holy come uh, tomorrow morning. <laughs> and the Lord speaks again, hey, it could be holy again. But it's not about the actual place itself. It's about what happens at the place. Yes. When God, that, what's the declaration made? When God shows up, that is a holy thing. That is a privileged thing. There are people who would die have the privilege to be visited by God. Yes. I don't want to sound spooky or mystical. And it's not always this way. But if you've ever experienced that, it's got to be God that I feel. You know what I'm talking about? You just feel His presence. 
Not everybody experiences that. That's right. Not everybody's had that privilege. There are people living in the world today, Brother Thomas, they don't know the God of heaven. They don't know him. They've never, Miss Donna, they've never experienced what we've experienced. So let us not take for granted that when God appears and recognizes that it is holy. And Joshua was quickly instructed to take off his shoes. Take off his shoes. What did Joshua do? God, loose your shoes. You're on holy ground. He took his shoes off. Amen. Yes, sir. Took them shoes off. God may not ask you to loose your shoes. The Lord touched my heart, spoke to my heart, helped me with a sermon on the elliptical. I've never, I've never kicked the Adidas off on the elliptical at the gym. I ain't going to lie. I'm not going to lie. God's never asked me to do so. But I guess if he asked me to do so, I guess I'd have to do it. Amen. I mean, yes. praise God. God's never told me to stand up on the bench press and start preaching. But I guess if he asked me to, I would. God may not ask you to take your shoes off. God may never call you to wear uh, raiment of camel's hair and eat wild locusts and honey like John the Baptist. But the point is, is when God visits, when God speaks, Brother George, we're to reverence that, reverence Him. I, I wish I knew the number. It used to be, you used to say six billion people. Some people say seven billion. Some people say it's not. I don't know how many people on planet Earth. You probably don't really know either. You might have a, a approximation, a guess. But we don't really know. You know who knows who, how many people are on planet Earth? Amen. You might have a general idea. So if it's 6 billion, 7 billion, 9 billion people, if it could be 10 billion now for all I know, or even more, I don't know. Miss Kathy, out of all the billions of people on planet Earth, think about it. Billions of people. I don't know how true it is. We're in Powder Springs, so I'll just give an example. In 2016, the census said that there was 15,000 people on Powder Springs. I don't know if that's a good number or not, but Google told me that one time, so I'm going to roll with it. But out of 20,000, 30,000, of all the people in the world, the God of heaven stops by to visit you. Why does he come by your way? I don't know. Why does he come by my way? I don't know. But why does he come by your way? Brother George, why does, why does God visit us? Out of all the billions of, think about it, billions of people in the world, and he's not visiting all of them, but he visits you. And he visits you. And he visits you. And he comes by and comforts you. And he comes by and encourages you. He comes by and warns you. He comes by and challenges you. He comes gets you back on the right path. He comes by and says, hey, you're going the wrong way. He comes by and loves on you. He comes and warns you. Sometimes he comes by and challenges you. Sometimes he comes by and chastises you. But when he comes by, all the billions of people in the world, he's not visiting them all. We ought to take the time to say, Lord, I'm blown away that you would come by to me. Now, you, you, you may be of this persuasion. Well, I'm a good person. God's supposed to come by and see me. If, if we identify who that person is, do not stand close to them during a rainstorm, okay? Uh, <laughs> all joking aside, I don't know why God comes by and sees me. Because I know who I am. I know my heart. I know my failures. I know my struggles. I know the discrepancies of me. Brother George, the great God of all heaven and earth. Want something to do with me. He wants to minister to me. Amen. And for that, every time I recognize God speaking, I want to recognize that's holy ground. Amen. He may not ask me to take my shoes off. But when He shows up and shows us something, our adoration, our admiration, our praise, our honor to Him should certainly follow. It may not be your shoes, 
It may not be some extreme thing, but our admiration should follow when the Lord shows up. Amen. We should reverence Him. We should glorify Him. He's holy. He's holy and He's deserving of praise. I'm done. I'm done. But listen to me. I really, y'all remember that, I gotta say this quickly and I'm, I'm done. Well, remember the, the chapter divisions, they're not inspired by God. Men divided the Bible up. They put verses on it, they put chapters. And I have no problems with that. I'm really appreciative of that. It'd be really hard to navigate the Bible if there was no verses and no chapters, right? Brother Bill, it'd be very hard. The chapter begins or follows is the next thing. I really think the scene continues from verse 15 into chapter 6. I think the Lord says, take off your shoes. And then chapter 6 is going to start saying, hey, now let's talk about Jericho. Brother Bill, those are the next verses. God says, hey, this is what we're going to do at Jericho. You're going to walk around this time. You're not going to talk. You're not going to do this. Oh, yeah, on the seventh day, you're going to blow the trumpet. And you're going to shout. That was all following. You say, what do you mean, Brother Jacob? Some people are waiting for instruction from God. But they failed to do what they need to do before God gives them the instruction. What do you have to do? He had to honor God. He had to reverence God. You're waiting on an answer. Can I give you some encouragement tonight? When, when, when you're waiting for an answer from God, you're waiting, for, you're waiting for the next thing from God. Well, I don't know what to do, Brother Jacob. Take a step back. Go back to where you're supposed to go. And take the time to reverence God, honor God, and thank God. And then the instruction that you need, it'll come. It'll follow. It, it may be the next chapter. It may be the next day. I pretty. I, I think the Lord, the captain of the Lord's host is standing there, Sister Susie, tells them to take his shoes off, and then they begin to talk about Jericho. Amen. You need some information about your Jericho? Circle back, take your shoes off, and honor him first. Amen. When the Lord appeared unto Joshua.